0: Welcome to the March or Die show today. Again, very great to have you with me. Excited about uh, really the topic that we're going to discuss today, an important topic, as we break down something that I think a lot of us have thought about, we've considered, but we may or may not connect to in a very real way. We're going to talk about character today. Uh, What it is, uh, maybe what it is not. I think there's some misunderstanding even about what it might be and how we can become people of character. And, And we talk about this a lot in our Mighty Oaks programs and with a lot of the work that we do with Uh, with veterans and service members. Uh, So we're going to talk about character today, and I believe this will be a very helpful conversation for you. But before we jump in, if you are listening to the podcast version of this but not watching uh, on YouTube, that's great. No problem, but make sure you're subscribed. Uh, I want to make sure that you get this content as soon as it comes out. The best way to do that is to subscribe to whatever podcast platform it is you're listening from. We all have different things we like to listen to. Make sure you're subscribed. You'll get this as soon as it comes out. And then when you get a chance, go over to YouTube. You can find my channel there. You can look for Jeremy Stalink or just search my name. You'll find my channel. Hit subscribe, then hit the notification bell. You'll get this content, uh, meaning the March or Die show, and uh, other videos as they come out as well. I'd love to share that with you. Please take some time to look at that. And if you'd like to find my blog, learn more about me, figure out where to connect with me on social media, etc., you can go to Um, I use my name because it's the one thing I will not forget is my name. I forget just about everything else, but I won't forget my name. So jeremystonlecker.com You can find uh, just about everything you'd like To know about me and more, but also the blog is there. That's why I write about a lot of these topics, and I hope that that will be a help and a blessing and an encouragement to you. My guest today, very excited to have with me Luis Rivera. Luis is not a stranger to most of you, perhaps. If you listen to this show, you've probably listened to the Mighty Oak Show and some of the other content that we have produced. Maybe you've heard Luis's testimony before. But uh, Luis is very involved with our organization, of course, and um, oversees many aspects of our programming, but has a great background that's led to that. And so today, as we discuss character, I wanted to uh, to bring Luis in and, and just get his perspectives and thought on that. Um, but for those that don't know you, and there probably are a few of them out there, everywhere I go, people know you. Hmm. I told you the other day, I got on a phone call with someone I had never met before, and they said, do you know Luis Rivera? They actually said, do you know Luis Rivera? <laughs> but <laughs> They met you, and I knew who they were talking about. Um, tell us about your career a little bit and, and kind of your your journey to where you are right now.
1: Yeah. So I um, I actually was born in Puerto Rico, uh, raised in southeast Louisiana until I was uh, 17. It's basically jo- the same, Puerto se- Rico and Louisiana. Man, the food is just so great in both places. Exactly it's the same. Yeah. Um, 17, joined the Navy, uh, started off fast attack submarines, and then did that for 10 years, and then uh, went to BUDS in 2000 and uh became a seal and uh retired in twenty fifteen march yeah um i've known a few submariners mm-hmm. it's a, it's an interesting group of people very interesting um very creative yeah group of people yeah. and uh have to make a lot of stuff up down there for a long time so <laughs> what's the longest you're ever underwater I think the longest uh just over um you mean without even coming up, right? Without coming yeah. up. Because I was on a fast stack submarines, we come up often. Okay. So uh I would say almost a month.
0: Just a month.
1: Yeah. Um because of the things we were doing at the time. Yeah. Um and I think nowadays it's a little different but we weren't part of a battle group that probably doesn't yeah. mean anything to you so we did our own thing uh, <laughs> i don't did, know much about the navy i try right. to know as little as possible to be yeah with we did it. our own yeah. thing often we hit a lot of ports yeah. um, but when we we're on station and um we bring on some people then that's when we do our real, we have to be quiet and yeah you know, those kinds of things so
0: a month yeah almost yeah but um, like a nuclear sub can stand water for forever indefinitely like right. some of the bigger submarines. St- the limiting factor would be food. How long would a crew on a big submarine be underwater? The
1: word that I heard... Three- I'm not asking for any confidential Right, information right. The here. word that I heard was about, you know, three months poking holes in the ocean.
0: Three months. Mm-hmm. And what do you do when you're not working if you're under the water for three months? Well, you are working. The whole time?
1: Yeah, yeah. So when I was on, our days became 18 hours instead of 24. You're on for six, off for 12, and there's a lot of maintenance and drills and things that happen. That's unbelievable. It's a lot of stuff that happened. I mean, that when I was a coner. I was I was on the forward end of the submarine. I was a radium. And then there's guys who are on the aft end of the submarine, nuclear trained, and big brains. And, man, I, those guys, uh, I don't think get any sleep. That's unbelievable.
0: Mm-hmm. So you, then you did that. You did it for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then decided one day you wanted to get off the submarines and I did. do something completely different?
1: Do something completely different. Um still a small community. Yeah. Um, and I thought to myself, this is something I think I can do. Now, I will have to say that uh, somewhere in between my two submarines that I was on, I tried BUDS out once and I quit. Um, then I went back to another submarine um, for another four and a half years. And then I was much older yeah. when I went back and tried it out for BUDS. There's two things that are... A little bit unusual with that. One is going back a second time. That really doesn't happen very often, right? Nowadays, I don't think so because of the contract that you go in with.
0: Um, And if you can't fulfill that, you can't finish buds, you just go on to do something else. Needs in the Navy. Um, So that's one thing that's pretty unusual is that you went back a second time. What was the period of time between the first and the second time?
1: Almost five years. Five years. Mm -hmm.
0: And then the second thing is just your age. How old were you when you went back the second time?
1: 27, I turned 28 in hell week. And most, most students at BUDS would be
0: 18, 19 years old?
1: Yeah, I think the average age is 22, 21 maybe. Yeah. I think. Yeah.
0: So what drove you to work that hard to accomplish that? I mean, was there something you were trying to prove? Was there something you, you just had always wanted to be a Navy SEAL? What was it that, that motivated you to go through all that? A lot of
1: selfish ambition, I think. What do you mean selfish ambition? Things I wanted to accomplish for myself because at the time, I had a family. The first time or the second time? The second time. Yeah. I had a family. um, But I think a lot of getting right into the topic we're getting into, a lot of selfish things that I had going on in my life. I I wanted to prove something to myself. Um, I was actually, a lot of people don't know this, but I was going through a divorce. While you were at Bud's While I was at Bud's the second time, yeah. Um, A lot of people don't know this, but while I was at Bud's, my my father passed away. I didn't really want to tell anyone because it was after Hell Week and... um, I didn't want to get held back anymore because I already held. was that the second time I went through, I was held back the first time, yeah, uh, going through hell week because I was injured. Um, so yeah, that was a lot going on, uh, but I was determined. some wanted to prove to myself. Um, I think because of a lot of things that were going on in my life, it helped me just to focus on this one thing to get done. Was it, was it an escape? I mean, you, you thought, well, if I can just
0: focus on this one thing, I don't have to deal with the divorce and the other stuff going on in my life?
1: Yeah. You know, um, there was a lot of pressure from other things other than Bud's yeah. um, that um, I think really helped me focus on, right. on, on the task at hand.
0: That's unbelievable. And you picked up a really neat nickname while you are at Bud's? Mom. Mom. Yeah. Because you're older brother, right? I think so. And, and because you're kind of a mom.
1: Yeah, I was kind of of mothering. Mother hen, (laughs) come under my wings. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, What was the transition between your... So you you did become a SEAL. You served in the SEAL community for 12 years, 15 years? 14. 14 years. I kept guessing, I would have gotten it Uh, eventually. Um, Served in Iraq, Mm a bunch of other places, did Mm -hmm. a lot of other stuff. Mm -hmm. Eventually retired out of the Navy. Mm -hmm. And there, there was... A transition, and I think this is important because if we don't have the character, those pieces put together before major life transitions happen, yeah, then we're going to find ourselves in a place we didn't anticipate. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but knowing your story, I think that's that's part of it. You didn't have all these pieces put together. Mm-hmm. You transitioned out of the Navy, eventually ended up in one of our programs, the Mighty Oaks programs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for those that aren't familiar with Mighty Oaks, it's you know our day job, both of us. So mm-hmm. We work uh, working with veterans and working with active duty service members and first responders. Mm-hmm. Found yourself at one of those programs after um, a great career in the United States military. Mm-hmm. Can, can you kind of talk about that transition? Mm-hmm. Um, how you ended up at Mighty Oaks and what it was that you found there that changed your heart and mind? You're already a Christian before you went, mm-hmm. so talk talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, I would say that uh, while I was in, um, I was a Christian that um, sort of just dabbled with my faith. Yeah. Um, which I think helped me out a lot uh, doing my job. But there was something there that I didn't realize. I, I Being should. Being a Christian had. helped you a lot? I think so. Yeah, not the dabbling part. No. No. But, but having some connection to faith. That's right. 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 Um, it helped me put things in perspective. Um, it helped me to look at people in a certain way. Um, and really helped me have patience. Right. Um, having done all that, and then and then getting out, um, there was this sort of tra- uh, transition that I think I wasn't aware I was going I was going through because I now had to deal with my family apart from the military. Right. And this this military right. gave me something to right. focus on. Right. And uh, I, w- with these intentions I had after getting out, I wanted man, I'm not going to not do anything with my sure, hands. I got to sure. do it. So I wanted to go learn a, a new trade, and I, I went down that path. Then something happened w- w- in my with my oldest daughter, my family, that really stopped my whole life. Mm. And all that I've learned, all the experience I've had, all the success that I've had, um, all the things that I've accomplished uh, – um, Somehow, I found myself in a place where I thought that i couldn't reach out to anybody. I found my place in a where in a place where I thought that i 'm the one who has to fix this. I have to handle this on my own right This is my doing. Right. I need to right. deal with this, and that left me in a place of really despair. It left me in a place of really um, thinking that um and plus, I got to say, I mean, there was some shame on my part because of the things that were happening. I know they were. it was because of decisions I made long before. And um, man, it, it put me in a really dark place. Yeah. Um, and so uh, my wife saw it. Uh, we were already having issues. My kids were just having a difficult time dealing with me. And I thought, uh, because I was presented with this opportunity at Mighty OX, why not? Um, and uh, and so I went to my, because you just didn't know where else to go. I didn't know. Yeah. Someone, someone actually, um, and you know, Matt, yeah. Matt Height, he didn't know me from Adam. He, yeah. And he just reached out to me and said, listen, I don't know you, but. How, how did he know you were struggling or how did he connect to you? Chad actually reached out to him. Okay. Chad knew yeah. that he was a SEAL. And, um, <laughs> and so, yeah, um, just before Matt called me, I, had turned off i i I didn't want to go to mighty oaks Mm. because i had filled out an application three months prior right and during those three months i put myself through a lot of treatment Mm. psychologists psychiatrists underwater massage therapy um i went to just different places that i thought i could use some help and i did all that and man i I was actually feeling really good yeah i thought man I'm, i'm doing a lot better so um, you know what? I don't want to take a, a billet from someone sure. who truly yep. needs it. Right. So I'm going to, t- I called Brandon Kunith up. I said, I don't, I don't want to take anything away. Just give it away. Yeah. And so he informed Chad, Chad reached out. Oh, plus I got to say my wife, she, once she learned that I turned it off, she reached out to the world. She right. looked <laughs> me in the eye. She goes, you don't understand. You have a problem. You're here. not doing better. That's right. Yeah. Um, and I thought I was right. Um, so Matt reached out to me. He says, listen, you you yeah. need to go to this program, um, and that's. that's and what, what were a few of the things that you learned during that time
0: that, you know, again, kind of changed your your perspective or your, your mind on where you were as opposed to where you thought you were, and then even looking forward to where you you know potentially could end up. I mean, what what was it that kind of changed that for you? What was the key that unlocked that for you?
1: I think it was a couple of things. Probably the most significant thing that started everything off was. Being exposed to men who were solid in their walk, right. solid in their faith, right. that experienced a lot of the same things that I had experienced, but looked to something outside of themselves for an answer. Right. That's, that, that was one of the right. first things. And, and then there's the authenticity of faith. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the right. authenticity of faith and, and what that looked like in their lives right and that's something that i was really missing and when i said that i was just dabbling that's what i was doing mm-hmm. um getting back to character which really unreal in the real world what that look like i was one way at work and i was somebody completely different at home yeah and my re- yeah. really my character took a hit with that right so uh, understanding all of that
0: obviously a lot has changed in your life and since then um you made some incredible steps forward, healed some of the relationships in your life, mm-hmm. some of the mm-hmm. broken relationships in your life. Um, you know, you, you oversee so many aspects of our programs, helping other men and women come through the program and mm-hmm. learn and understand. So uh, a lot has changed and, and, you know, for me, looking back over 11 years or 10 or 11 years of, of being exposed to what we teach to veterans and, and try to, how we try to help people who are struggling, um, I've been able over that time to look back and understand principles better perhaps than I did on the front end. You know, Mm -hmm. as you you talk to people and you just kind of, you're exposed to it. And one of those those principles or one of those aspects is character, as you mentioned, And, and just understanding the importance of character. And as you speak to folks and you try to help people, realizing that the the problem you're having, the struggle you're having, maybe it's not everyone else in the world. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's not your past or something that happened to you. Maybe it's not how you've been treated. Perhaps it's that you've never focused on developing internally, personally, the character that you need Mm -hmm. to carry you forward in a good way. Mm -hmm. But when people talk about character, they mean different things, and it can become very, you know, kind of gray area, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Whatever it means to you, that's what it means. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you talk about character and think about character, um, how do you think about that, or how would you define it if you could define it?
1: Yeah, so um, I would say prior to me knowing what character is now i would say, I would say that a standard answer would be character is what people view as my reputation. okay um this is who I am. this is right. what I've accomplished. Right. um this is what people see on the surface. so
0: you would define character prior to prior to you know the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Several years um, as what other people perceive you to be that's right that's interesting mm-hmm. yeah that's who i that's how I view character and um, so so then if that's if that's how you view character, then the whole goal is to make it so that people see what you want them to see that's right, yeah it doesn't matter what's actually happening, what's yeah. going on in your life, it's what they actually see which Then can take you to that place where you're like, I'm alone. I have no one to reach out to Mm -hmm. because because I don't want to expose myself.
1: That's right. Because I don't want this cheek in my armor. I don't want to mess up this view of myself. Right. So how has that changed? If it's changed. If it hasn't changed, it's going to be a long podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It has changed. Um, The truth about character, and I'm thinking about what the Bible says about character with regards to what Paul says in Romans about character it actually starts off with suffering. It actually starts off with some sort of trial that you're going through that right. produces some sort of patience. Right. That, and that produces character. Now, that word character right there that Paul talks about has to do with something proven because of what you've gone through. So it has to do with something in your heart. Yeah. It has to do with something that no one really probably other knows other than God himself. Interesting. So on the other side of that, there
0: is struggle Suffering, approving that happens, mm-hmm. and in that, that builds character. That's right. What is that character that it's building? What is it doing? What, what, what does that become then?
1: Then, then on, the, on the other side of that, it eventually what the Bible says becomes hope, because my hope doesn't lie on what I can do, yeah. but what I really, God has already done.
0: So it's the shifting from what you previously viewed as an external. Mm-hmm. character is what people see, mm-hmm. to becoming completely internal. Mm-hmm. Character is who I actually am. That's right. Yeah. That's the difference. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think if you understand that, you also realize eventually that what people see should be a reflection of who you are. That's right. Not just something you put up.
1: That's right. Because with what you just explained, it doesn't matter who sees me. It doesn't matter whether I'm at work or at home. I'm the same person.
0: Yeah. Character is, some have said, it's the ability to do what's right even when no one else is watching. But I think that speaks to, it has nothing to do with how I'm perceived. Mm-hmm. It has to do with how I am on the inside. That's right. Now talk about the importance of trial mm-hmm. and difficulty and how that produces character. What, what does that look like?
1: Yeah, I think, I think there's a couple of ways you can look at it if I look at some trial that produces some kind of victimhood inside of me, mm-hmm. that's going to lead me somewhere. And that's going to cause me to not really face the issue head on because, what well, was me. I should not be going through this. Don't you know what I've accomplished? I deserve better. Instead of the, the reality is, man, the sun shines on everybody. Life is hard. Who am I going to go to right. for answers? Right. Who am I going to go to for hope moving forward? Am I going to try to take care of this on my own? Or am I going to go to a brother that's going to speak truth to me? That's going to call me out on my junk. Yeah, That's going to really point me to truth. Instead of other things like, well, let's go somewhere and make you feel better. And so, if I'm
0: understanding what you're saying right, and I think if I understand that passage right, it's the trying of your faith. It is that that difficulty, we could say it's suffering, Mm -hmm. it's the pain Mm -hmm. that comes to all of us that puts all of us in a position where we go one of two directions. Mm -hmm. We either become a victim, as you said, Mm -hmm. and we blame other people. We see this in relationships where we blame a spouse, or we could blame our children, we could blame an employer, we could blame the government. Mm -hmm. Um, I I am in this position because of what someone else has done to Mm -hmm. me. I can become that if I want to. Or I can allow the pain and the difficulty, the suffering to to refine me, to reveal that I can't do it on my own. I'm going to take responsibility for the parts that I can be responsible for. Mm -hmm. But I'm also going to have faith in God who has a plan for my life, reach out to others who can help me to move forward Uh, in spite of this difficulty. And and that really is its growth.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I come from, then I move from this place of, woe is me. Um, Really, God is no one in my life. Um, Okay, I believe that the the Bible says something about him. Um, To this place of, wow, God really has everything to do with my life. Yeah. Even the trials in my life. Um, Because... On the back end of those trials, on the other side of those trials, there is true hope, because this is not the end right there's going to be more suffering right. coming <laughs> right um, right so um not only that uh, I'm also moved I have compassion to help somebody else out who is in in a, in a hurt in a hurting situation yeah and i I don't have to rely on my own wisdom, there's wisdom to be had um, yeah. through through the Bible
0: yeah, that's good. And then the ability to look at life and say, I'm going to do the right thing, regardless of how people perceive me or mm-hmm. how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. It's having that perspective. It's understanding that, as you mentioned, it, it rains on the just and the unjust. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. You know, there is good and bad in life. There are ups and downs in life. This is life. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not knocked down just because an obstacle or a difficulty or a trial comes into my life. Mm-hmm. I realize, well, that's, that's because that's what living looks like. Mm-hmm. There are difficult times in life. And so instead of being knocked down or pushed aside or starting to question my faith, those are times where I put my head down and I say, well, what I'm going to focus on then is doing exactly what God has called me to do. I'm going to continue to do the right thing in spite of what else may be going on in my life. And that really is character.
1: I agree. I agree. I would, I would also say that when um, when I got out of the military, um, my last mission in the military was not, in my mind, a very successful thing. Mm. Um, there were nine men that died on that mission. And, and the time immediately after that, it was a lot of superficial things that were going on in my head. But once I got the opportunity just to let dust settle and and really a good four years went by. Yeah. Um, and then I got a lot of time to think. I got a lot of time to just try to reflect. And I found myself really depressed thinking about that situation. Um add to that what my daughter was going through, add to that what uh my wife and I were going through. Um really put a lot of weight on me. And it really almost kept me in this place of like bondage where yeah. I thought I, yeah. I I can take care of this. I can deal with this yeah. on my own. Um not realizing that uh I needed to really reach out to people um, to uh, get a good perspective of, of what's happened, uh, something really bad. Um, gain some knowledge about how who I am inside mm. and how I'm how I am to deal with this situation, and and all of that um, is really rooted in Scripture. All of that is really rooted in in in. In in reaching out to my fellow man, um, which a lot of a lot of guys don't want to do. Right.
0: Would you say then, with all of that, that character, if you could boil it down, is really being—I don't know if, if hyper focused or w- what the phrase would be—but um, focused on a character is being focused on living the way that God wants me to live. It's doing what God created me to do. So character is, I'm going to pursue God regardless of what else may be going on in my life. Does that sum up character?
1: Yes, because um, now that I'm looking at life, now that um, a lot of things I'm still dealing with, um, but if I have some sort of pre-decision based off what I've am exposed to right. Uh I know, I know that yeah. those predecisions are are rooted in what, what the Bible says. Um and so whenever those are off, then I'm there's something inside me that's gonna say, hey that mm. that's not right. Yeah. Um and I've built this network around myself right. of people who look to the Bible uh to uh know what's right. Yeah uh moving forward. So, yeah, absolutely a predecision to do what's right, but that predecision is rooted in God's word. And it's you know, practically speaking, I think it's in a marriage
0: situation to have character as a husband means regardless of what may be going on in my family environment, it could be a financial difficulty, a mm-hmm. health difficulty, mm-hmm. maybe my wife's mad at me, <laughs> whatever. It, none of those things matter in terms of what I'm going to do. Now I need to work on those things and, Mm -hmm. you know, be responsible for those things. But what I understand as a husband is that I have been called to lead my family according to the word of God Mm -hmm. and to love my wife unconditionally. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I'm going to do that. And character is, I'm focused on being what God wants me to be in spite of what may be going on in my life. So I'm not going to be driven by the other things that are happening in my life. It's being a parent who says, my job is to raise my children, as the Bible says, in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So whatever the world is doing, whatever other influences there are, other voices I'm hearing, I'm focused as a parent on, because I have character, (laughs) I'm focused on doing with those kids what God wants me to do with them. In a job environment, it's understanding. The Bible says, whether you eat or drink, whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. So, I may have a boss that I don't like. Maybe my work situation is less than desirable. I, practically or pragmatically, there are things I can do about that. I can find a new job. I can do other things. Mm-hmm. But while I'm in that environment, my job is still to do what God wants me to do, which is live in a way, function in a way, work in a way that brings glory to Him. Mm-hmm. And, and and really, that's what character is. Mm-hmm. It's saying, like you said, I've predecided to do what God wants me to do, mm-hmm regardless of what else may be happening in the world around me.
1: Right. And and I would add to that what like, for example, Peter, Peter, the apostle Peter, he was married. Yeah. And he he has a lot to say about how, yeah. how to deal with your wife. And one of the things that I'm always reminded of is to live with her in an understanding way. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? Right. Um, well, right. that means a lot of things right. and, and we'll never figure out. Men will never figure out comprehensively how a woman <laughs> functions. Right. Right. But if I'm going to live with her in an understanding way, then that moves me to do things when I'm wrong. That moves me to do things when I'm right. Yeah. Um, that moves me to value her opinion. Right. That, that moves me to do a lot of things according to God's word, and that brings him glory. Now, I think the tendency for guys who come through our program have a situation going on at home. Mm. I think they naturally are bent to do something to get a reaction from her. Mm. When the reality is they need to do something for that reason. This is where someone says, I tried to do right.
0: I tried to fix it. She didn't respond well. So forget it. That's what you're saying. That's right. Yeah. When really the motivation is I did right because it's right. Mm-hmm. and Because God tells me
1: in the Bible that I should operate this way.
0: That's right. So whether she responds to that in the right way or not.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So when I went home from Mighty Oaks, man, there were so many things that if I had to put it a list of things that I'd done wrong to things that I've done right, <laughs> what I mean to say by that is that all these things often ha- had a lot of weight on how I would move forward. Mm-hmm. I had to stop looking at those things. Yeah. I, I had now come to this point in my life that God's Word was this light that would shed out all the darkness. Yeah. And that's what I, I was committed to. I was committed to getting yeah. to know this God who made me for that reason and not yeah. to get a reaction from her. That's now, true. initially, I I realized that I she was treating me based on how I gave her the direction to treat me. Right. How you had been. Right. Broken right. promises, just deal with certain situations yeah. in a really wrong way. Um, so it took some time for her to really see that I was committed to this new way of life. Yeah. But the moment... Yeah. The moment that she saw that I was really committed, um, and the way I know how that happened was, she started to behave really in a way that I was behaving, right. not realizing that, man, yeah, I need a lead. Yeah. What? Well, I needed a lead in asking for forgiveness. I needed a lead in in forgiving. I needed a lead in making good decisions at home. Like I sure. needed a lead. Sure. Um And it often um, it was a bumpy road. Yeah. But because of these, this decision, this predecision of doing what, what what the Bible says I know was right, um, eventually um, she, she caught on to that. Yeah. So I think I, I think the mistake a lot of people make is go home to do something ba- just to get a reaction, and that's not right. Yeah, I'm going
0: to do the right thing, but if she doesn't respond to it, then I'm done. That's right. I tried. That's right. Yeah. Well, there's a bigger reason. Mm-hmm. The bigger reason is because you, as an individual, were created by God to align to His will which is found in Scripture. That's right. And whether your wife, your kids, your boss, whoever responds to that right or not, doesn't change your responsibility. Mm-hmm. So with all that said, we could spend a lot of time talking about that. What are a few things that you would say, if you want to build character in your life mm-hmm. or have character built in your life, here are some things that you need to do or some ways that you need to
1: think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would say first of all, if, if you don't know what a relationship with Christ is, Find somebody who does, right. and 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 learn about that. Um, second of all, um, read the Bible. Um, right, right. I mean, it's just as simple as that. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not going to sit here and say it's uh, you're not going to you're going to understand it comprehensively. You're, you're going to get to know everything that's in there. No, but begin to read the Bible. Hmm. Make a habit of that. That's good. Um, then, uh, then I would say go find a church, a local church, that. Um, that where you can find someone to hold you accountable. Here's right. the thing I think has to do like a lot of people don't understand that like, accountability has so much to do with character, because sure. yeah, yeah, I know yeah. that I'm going to have to face a brother of mine, <laughs> right. And he's going to ask me right. about my life, right? And if what good is it for me not to be honest about what's happening? Yeah, that's right. So part of that will hold me accountable and how I'm acting at home. And, and in other places. So I, I would say, you know, this relationship with Christ, if you don't have one, go go find somebody who does and ask yeah, about it. Figure it out. Yeah. And in the Bible, read it and find a church. Uh, and then with the intention of sitting under some uh, good leadership and guidance yeah. from that pastor, but also to find somebody to hold you accountable right. um, to, to, this, to this life you, you're, you're going to commit to. Yeah. Because the reality is we
0: are fallible and we're human and broken mm-hmm. and... As much as we want to say, I will do what God wants me to do, there will be times we just don't feel like it, mm-hmm. or we've been hurt, or we don't want to. Mm-hmm. And having someone else speak in your life and go, hey, remember that time you made that decision? <laughs> or right. this is what God wants you to do. That accountability. Um, I said this uh, last week. Accountability could be the key that unlocks the door to success in your mm-hmm. life. because its And success is you know, your ability to pursue God and do His will. Mm-hmm. Because that's the thing that will keep you on track when nothing mm-hmm. else will. Mm-hmm. Um, character and accountability. Yeah, that's fantastic. Very good. We could talk about this for a lot longer, but uh, Mm -hmm. I appreciate your thoughts, insights, even though you were in the Navy. I was. You do have a lot of good things to say. I appreciate that. Uh, For those of you who are listening and watching, thank you for doing so. Um, This is the March or Die Show, and uh, I've spent a lot of time talking about what that phrase means. Uh, I'll tell you this. When the bullets in life are flying and it would be easier to stay where you are and die than to march to push forward, if you are not a person of character and someone who has been actively pursuing a life of character you're probably going to take the easy way out. You're going to do the thing that is expedient, but not the thing that God created you to do, the thing that God created you to accomplish. Uh, Understand character, and you will be able to march when it would be easier to die. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you next time. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God looks at your heart, not your jean size.